All right, Hallers, let's get howling. But first, a couple quick warnings. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. Don't be a pixie. Especially today with Severo. Don't be a pixie. (laughs) Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising saga. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email us, howlerpod at gmail.com. Visit us at howlerpod.com and rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then several will introduce you to Tickler and not in a nice way. (laughs) (laughs) You won't be laughing? It won't tickle. (laughs) You will die. (laughs) And now, Howlerpod. If your heart beats like a drum and your legs a little wet, it's because the reapers come to repay a little debt. Hello, Howlers. Welcome to HowlerPod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising saga by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Ow, ow. I am your host, Ben Reinert. I am joined today, as always, by the amazing Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers. Character study time. It's a fun one. Who will enter the passage tonight? The passage of our in-depth scrutiny and judgment. Will they rise above the rest and be crowned prime? Or will they fall short and be disgraced henceforth? As a pixie. Pixie, pixie. Who are we studying today? Severo, Severo, Severo. <laughs> oh, have you one. heard of Severo, Ben? <laughs> he is uh, one of the main characters. He seems to be quite popular. Uh, he's very popular among the fans. <laughs> the howlers. That's what they call the fans. <laughs> oh, I was thinking, I keep thinking about this guy. And I keep thinking how he's doing. There's this guy on the Hicks St. Leone's Facebook group mm-hmm. where every time someone posts a photo or a meme with a wolf in it, he like freaks out and like is like, why are wolves like the thing everyone clings to? Wolves aren't even a part of the story. They're just like the the pelts. It's not like they have it's not like alive wolves are like, you know, in the story. Which I understand his point. But like Come on. Also, I'm slightly perplexed by it. You haven't read. You haven't read it. I don't think I've seen this. Uh Just, I'll show you. Um, And I kind of, I wonder how he's doing, like emotionally. (laughs) (laughs) I worry about him because everyone is so. There's a lot of wolf stuff on there. Yeah, and that's what he's upset about. He's Uh, like, the story isn't about wolves, right? But like, the wolf is our mascot. (laughs) We're called the fucking howlers. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So yeah, I was thinking about him today. I hope yeah. hope you're doing well. If, if you're, you're listening, listening right in. <laughs> <laughs> Say hi. Tell us about <laughs> how much you hate wolves. Before we get started, started, we have to give a huge shout out to Piera Ford for coming on our episode last week. It was such a pleasure speaking with her again. Um, however, she sadly had scheduling conflicts this week, and we were able to connect for several. It's a little hard to schedule stuff when you live on opposite sides of the world. 
Yes, she lives in Australia, <laughs> and we live in <laughs> Kansas. <laughs> we will try to get her back, though. So yes, for sure. We'll see. If she's willing and able and free <laughs> <laughs> and bored. <laughs> All right, let's load up this star shell and shoot straight into our character background. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this works. Hey, this, this works. <laughs> Hopefully we don't shit our suits like Severo. <laughs> All right. Severo Albarca is a gold and a red. Oh, shit. Surprise. <laughs> He's a peerless scarred and the leader of the Howlers. He was down with Darrow before it was cool and is Darrow's longest and most loyal friend. He is married to Victra Albarca and is a doting father to three children. Sorry. Oh. I was like, why did you say it like that? <laughs> I forgot about Ulysses. <laughs> you forgot about the dead child? I did. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. He is the son of the original Ares, Fitchner Ah Barca, and his mom is a red named Bryn. Was a red. Yeah. Was a red. Sorry. At about 5'9", my height, by the way, <laughs> he is short. For a gold and has the look of a bronzy due to his half red heritage. You guys are both pocket sized. <laughs> Most people <laughs> on planet Earth do not think I'm pocket sized. Uh, Severo inherited his father's hatchet face, just like Electra inherited it from her father. But his smell and the fungus that grows, who knows where, on his ball sack, <laughs> it's all his own. He has a large wolf tattoo across his back with his hair shaved into a classic howler mohawk. Classic. Classic. He loses one of his gold eyes at the Institute and later has it replaced with a bionic eye and then with Darrow's old red eyes as a sign of his love. Definitely not creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it's true love. <laughs> it's bro love. Yeah. Bro love. Uh, he's also known to sport a goatee that he definitely started way before Rolo. <laughs> Remember Rolo with the goatee oh that yeah. Victra liked? <laughs> and he grew this goatee in order to impress Victra. Due to his small stature, Severo is agile even for a gold. While at the Institute, he was one of the few low drafts that could keep pace with the other high drafts. He's extremely stealthy, often hiding in order to catch his opponents off guard. He's an excellent survivalist and scout, successfully evading the other factions of House Mars during his time at the Institute. At the same time, Severo proved resourceful, surviving alone in the valley for extended periods. Severo is an excellent and fierce hand-to-hand -hand fighter, capable of defeating opponents of superior physical capability, both human and non-human alike. Like wolves. Like wolves. He killed one with his bare hands. See, there's wolves in this story. <laughs> Severo has proven himself to be a skilled tactician and leader, organizing the underestimated low dregs into the vicious and feared howlers. Unconventional, deceptive, and sneaky, he specializes in infiltration and sabotage. Severo is capable of sowing chaos and deceiving his foes regardless of their strength. This is the dude who kidnapped Lysander Aloon while on Luna in his own house <laughs> <laughs> and planted agents inside the Jackal's evil lair in order to bust out Darrow. He is real sneaky sneaky. Sneaky sneaky. Sneaky sneaky. Okay, so 
Um, that's the background of Severo. We know Severo's story. I feel like we're all pretty well versed in what happens. I mean, I hope if you're with us to this point that you've read all the books. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think we're going to skip the recap of his story to save time for extra listener emails and voicemails later on. Um, We do want to make sure we all know his current place. He's getting mind fucked. He's primed to be brain diddled. Brain diddled. By Abominadrius. On Luna currently. Let's hope he enjoys it. <laughs> let's hope it doesn't happen. Okay. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move on to historical connections from the wise and wonderful Heather. Heather, Heather, Heather. <laughs> Severo is a contraction with the name Severo from the Latin Severus. Ah, oh, Snape? <laughs> Maybe they're related. <laughs> meaning harsh or austere. While lovable, Severo uses insults and brutal honesty to guard his inner vulnerability, just as his first name suggests. His raw ferocity also manifests in his strategies of war. While steadfast in his loyalty, Severo will not permit the superficial gloss of honor to stand between himself and victory. He doesn't mind getting down and dirty to take out potential threats in addition to true enemies in an effort to reduce the number of friends lost. Heather goes on to say, As mentioned in my research on Fitchner, Severo shares both battle tactics and name with the infamous Carthaginian general Hannibal of the Gens Barca, a surname meaning lightning, in reference to guerrilla warfare wrought against the tyranny of Rome, as well as the society in Severo's case. Speedy attacks and counterintelligence are the tools Severo implements to change the paradigm, sowing chaos with small but well-placed assaults that expose the society's vulnerability and create avenues for the rising to further exploit those weaknesses. For instance, leading the rebellion on Phobos, Severo demanded the astral might of the jackal so that Darrow and Ragnar could travel unimpeded to lead the obsidians out of slavery. Obviously, this is just one example of Severo's bellic contributions, but in practically every instance, he adds yet another layer of complexity to warring that allows the rising to define the terms of martial engagement and keeps the society guessing in regards to Darrow's current and next moves. Severo's shadiness and unconventionality echo Hannibal's strategy for conquering Rome during the Second Punic War. Rather than simply voyaging across the Roman-controlled Mediterranean to directly attack Sicily and ultimately Rome, as as his enemies expected, Hannibal marched thousands of elephants and men over three separate mountain ranges from the Iberian Peninsula to Italy. There, he decimated Roman legions, more numerous and regimented than his own, all by means of deception. Hannibal would have laid siege to Rome and had the Romans not finally changed their tactics in response to this altered arena of war. But the Romans learned to avoid conflict, live and move out of sight, and wait out the invading forces until they were weak enough to defeat. Still, Hannibal committed suicide to avoid being captured by Rome. Just as Fitchner passed down the legacy and ideals of the Sons of Ares to Severo, Hannibal's father bestowed upon him the fate of Carthage, which involved an oath of eternal hostility towards the Roman Empire. So, with surrender out of the picture, death was all that remained. That same winner-die mentality manifests in Severo as well. 
In the beginning of Morningstar, Severo has all the howlers implant noxious teeth so that if captured, they could avoid exposing the secrets of the rising by killing themselves. That instance could be the totality of this suicidal parallel, but there remains the terrible possibility that Severo kills himself in book six to prevent Abominadrius from discovering confidential information and brainwashing him with the pandemonium chair. What? Oh, no. Since Pierce's favorite pastime is ripping our hearts out, a Severo suicide wouldn't be far-fetched, but I hope the fear of alienating howlers <laughs> keeps Pierce from that dark path. Ditto. Ditto, Heather. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Heather, what if he hears this? <laughs> Don't give him ideas. Yeah, maybe he didn't know. I'm sure he did, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Heather. Uh, Excellent work this week, Love Heather. it. All right, let's move on to our character legacy section. Legacy. That's from Beyonce. <laughs> You haven't watched it yet, so you don't know. I don't. I didn't know that. You're part of something way bigger. So for today's character legacy, what we want to talk about is why is Severo everyone's favorite character? He is the fan favorite. I don't know if he's everyone's favorite, but he's like the the general public agrees that he must be protected at all costs. Right. I mean, I was exaggerating maybe slightly when I said everyone's favorite character. Well, but he's not my favorite character. I know. But he's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that most people, I mean, we, we have like a actual proof that he's everyone's favorite. Because anytime I have posted a several meme, it gets like 200 more <laughs> likes than any other thing that I post. They are our most popular memes by far. Just because it's several, yeah. even if they're not good, like <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> just write the word several. All our memes are fantastic, Aaron. Well, yeah, I can't say that about things that I make myself. <laughs> All right, so what is it? What makes several uh, such a fan favorite? I'd say mostly it's his. Uh, snarky asshole vibes his quick jabs and the way he like gives no fucks mm -hmm. when talking to golds that other people would be scared to insult because of duels right he's just like fuck you i'll kill you <laughs> 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 and i think that um we kind of see pierce's humor in in several um, in his snarkiness, I think he really plays the most with Severo. Yeah, meeting Pierce, there was two characters I thought he was like most like. I was like the Jackal for sure. I was like, oh, I see exactly where that character oh, you think came he's from. Evil. <laughs> and then I also see exactly where Severo came from. Definitely. Yeah. And also all the other characters. <laughs> More so in just his actual personality. Definitely. Because um, we're best friends with Pierce. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yes, I would uh, just to add to what you said, I think there's lot there's a few traits that make him so endearing. His humor and sarcasm are definitely a large part of that. His loyalty to Darrow, and obviously to, a huge part of it. Any of his friends. Yes. Anyone who makes it into Severo's inner circle is protected. Yes. Um, but I think what ultimately really endears him is he's got this like 
extremely insecure side that he covers with a lot of bluster and uses that sarcastic humor um, to cover as well. But ultimately underneath, you see this human being who cares a ton about his friends and cares about these causes that are so close to him, cares about family. And he is actually just like a big softy underneath all these sharp teeth, you know? Right. If, if you think about his, he and Darrow's fight in the corridors in Tinos, um, where they're, they're starting with punching and it ends with crying and hugging. <laughs> yes. Well, He's like, if you tell anybody I cried... I'll kill you, yeah. <laughs> but you think of that Severo that we, we got to know, and he has layers like Shrek. <laughs> like uh, ogres are like onions. They have layers. So Severo is like an ogre. <laughs> he's got layers, guys. But he also smells bad. Uh. And he's also nasty. He's very much like a small <laughs> ogre. That's true. But um, I also think that it's interesting in Red Rising, the first book, Severo isn't like a huge part of the book. Like he's kind of like the weird, <laughs> <laughs> you know, side character that does funny shit. And like, you're like, oh, what what's he doing? Killing wolves and waking off of the bushes. Right. But he, he's not like a huge part of the story. Like it's more Pax and Mustang, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Cassius, Titus, Tactus, you know. All those motherfuckers are more important in Red Rising than Severo, but then Severo quickly becomes a very important part of the story and then becomes the fan favorite and kind of like the little brother to Darrow is kind of how I see him. Mm -hmm. Little brother vibes, especially with Ragnar. I think the best illustration of Severo is that scene that you're talking uh, about from Morningstar where him and Darrow get into the fight to set that scene up. Like the context of that scene is they've kidnapped Quicksilver and they've just found out that he's actually part of the Suns. and several doesn't want to believe him. And he doesn't want to let go of this kind of terroristic mission that he's been on, you know, like the Sons of Ares have become kind of like a terrorist group at this point. A lot of it has come out of his anger over his dad and then trying to find Darrow. And so right. I think he also doesn't want Quicksilver to be part of it because his dad didn't tell him. Right. And it's just a huge secret that like his dad wasn't the sole member of Ares. Yeah. You know? Yep. And so we see everything that's great about this character laid bare in that moment. Like we see his anger and his rage and just like how much he cares about this situation, how much he doesn't want to let anybody down. And that's all he feels like he's doing in this moment uh, because he's kind of failing in this leadership, but he's just trying, he's kind of failing in this leadership position, but he's trying so damn hard and he just can't, you know, do the right thing. Right. And he needs help. And so in this situation where he's able to so like admit that to Darrow and then they have this great fight or whatever. And then right after that fight's over, he's already making jokes about how like if you tell anybody I cried, like I'm going to, you know, find a rotten fish and stick it under your bed or whatever. Right. So that's just like all of that wrapped that's up. That's the onion. That's the onion right there. The tears <laughs> come when you crack it open. <laughs> just really pushing this onion 
It's Shrek's idea, and it's a great one. (laughs) And by the way, before this podcast, Ben made fun of me for remembering things from Shrek. (laughs) It's a 19-year-old movie. I'm just going to say that. Well, I have a 19-year-old spirit, (laughs) Ben. (laughs) Hit me up if anyone else loves Shrek. Okay. So I just made like a quick list of just all these traits that make Severo so great. You know, he's loyalty, obviously his humor. Um, kind he's of what Aaron, <laughs> yeah, what Aaron mentioned. He's got some little brother vibes, but yeah, he's also kind of completely out there and kind of psycho. And I think another thing that makes him so endearing is he's wholly himself, and he's not afraid to be himself ever. And that's all as people. That's all anybody wants to be is authentic, you know, to themselves. And Severo has found a way to do that in this society that really doesn't allow for that. He's supposed to act with pomp and circumstance and whatnot, but he doesn't give a shit about any of that. He just is exactly who he is all the time. Uh, And then there's also kind of a nasty side to him, which I think can be a little scary. But I think the thing that ultimately keeps us in favor of Severo and loving him is that he's able to see when he's gone too far sometimes. Right. And he's able to correct that. Um, And that kind of goes along with his insecurity that just makes him that much more human as a character and able to relate and we're, we're able to relate and empathize with him in those moments, which is what makes him so great. I think he definitely has some qualities that relate to the original Jackal in terms of like being smaller and and uh, being very clever mm-hmm. and like ruthless. Right. But, you know, he's also not actually a psychopath. <laughs> like yes. he actually cares about what people think and cares about the people that love him. So thankfully we don't have two Jackals. <laughs> In this story. You ready to move on to our next segment? Sure. Predictions and fan casting. All right. What's your prediction for book six? Several. We've talked about this a lot. Um, No. My prediction isn't yours. Put it down. Put it down on on tape, baby. So yours is that he'll get brain diddled. No, that's not mine, actually. Okay. Maybe that was mine. I have a new one. (laughs) Bring it. (laughs) I think that... um, I might have said this. Who knows? But I think Mustang and Victra will go all Lady Power and rescue Severo and the Howlers that are captured. Severo will be brain diddled, but Victra will be able to bring him back to himself because of true love. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) True love. (laughs) What a nerd. (laughs) Hey. I'm an optimist, okay? And I think to survive these books, you have to be an optimist. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> My prediction, Cassius, Darrow, Ocean's Eleven, Jailbreak Out, done. Not Ocean's 12 or 13? He's No, it's Ocean's Eleven this okay. time. Yeah. They're going to get a crew together. Isn't there an Ocean's Some Nine? Specialists. There's an Ocean's Eight, actually. It's weird. I think I've only seen Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Twelve is pretty good. Lots of great locations. Ocean's 13 is okay. Ocean's 8 is probably a waste of time, but it is the ladies' movie, so you might like Oh, we have to have a ladies' movie. We have to get pandered to. (laughs) I didn't say you did. (laughs) 
<laughs> Why don't we make an original movie? <laughs> That's probably a way better idea. <laughs> with women that isn't just copying the men's movie. Yeah. Rihanna's in Ocean's 8, though, and I really enjoyed that. Rihanna can act? Yeah. She's hot, man. Yeah. I saw her house in Barbados. Wow. Was it nice? It's very big. <laughs> it's very big. I saw the outside of it. It's <laughs> like, did she invite you I over? Did <laughs> I did not go inside. Uh, okay. Let's move on to fan casting. So the main one that I see on the Reddit threads, is that who say that? And the, uh, the boards and the posts is Richard Harmon, and he's from The 100. I'm not familiar with this gentleman. Um, look him up. He would be a great Severo. Like, I totally see it, and I, I actually think that that's, like, the best idea. I'm looking at a picture of him now, and he does look pretty Severo-ish. He's very Severo-y. And he's, like, attractive, but not, like, too attractive. Right. Because a lot of the other fan casting ones I've, I've seen, the people are too pretty. Yeah, Severo can't be hot. He can't be pretty. He needs to be, like, more severe. And I think right. Richard Harmon can have that more severe look. Um, that's what the fans say. And then I did some research cause I couldn't even like think of who I was thinking of when I read several, mm-hmm. you know, he's just like not fully formed, I guess. Um, but Dane I picture a lot of fan art when I think of him. Right. Right. Yeah. Not like necessarily a person, yeah. but Dane DeHaan. And if you remember Spider-Man two, he's the green goblin. Yes. Which was not great. No, but, <laughs> but, but before they put on that stupid makeup on him, um, I think when he's like acting evil, but like. I saw him in a movie called Chronicle. Yes. Yeah, yes. He was really good in that. Right. He's yeah. very good. He is a little pretty, but he can play that more he's severe. Got kind of a, yeah. He's got kind of a weird look. Thing. Yeah. He's got like the backs under his eyes that yeah. you need to be several. <laughs> <laughs> ben, what's your idea? My idea was Jamie Bell. Um, he is pretty big movie star, I think. I mean, I don't know. Remind me who he's in. He was in. Have you seen Rocket Man? He was. Um, yeah, I did see that. Who is he in Fantastic Four? He plays the big rock guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> was Elton John's boyfriend in Rocket Man. That's the last thing I can think of. Okay. Of him in. I recognize him from photos, but I think that's a great one. He definitely has that. He's kind of small too, so he's like one. he's like a little guy, and he would just fit that. He's got a good Severo nose. Yeah, he would fit that size well, and I feel like he's a, he's actually a really good actor too. Yeah, definitely. I like it. Okay, let's move on to the prime five. Our top five best character moment for Severo. Except this week we're doing best quotes. Because, yeah, there's not just five moments. There's, like, <laughs> 50,000. I just wanted to do several quotes because they're so fun. Okay, so when he's talking to Lilith, he calls her, you untidy abortion. That is probably the best insult That's horrible. of all time. <laughs> Can you, ooh, we should memorize these and say them to people. I really do want to say that to someone sometime. I know who you want to say it to. <laughs> <laughs> untidy abortion oh it's so graphic that would just really hurt someone's feelings it's very visual yeah it's a very visual insult okay if if someone said that to me i was like oh my god no you'd be like you read red rising (laughs) too (laughs) 
I would just be taken aback like I was a 1950s mom or something like that. Good you know? it's lord. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Wash your mouth out. <laughs> okay, what's next? All right, number four on the list. This is, I'm going to read the whole kind of section because it needs a little context. Aaron's going to be our Severo for this. Okay. She's got this good Severo voice. By the way, I quickly moved from a Cockney accent into <laughs> a Southern accent, and I don't know what happens in between. Certain words. I am an untrained actor. <laughs> My chair rolls to a stop, his voice cut short, followed by a thump and sliding sound. My wheelchair rolls forward again. I look back and see Ragnar pushing it innocently along. Severo isn't in the hallway behind us. I frown, wondering where he went, till he bursts out of a side passage. You troll! I'm a terrorist warlord! Stop throwing me! You made me drop my candy! Wait, where is it? Damn it! Ragnar, where is my peanut bar? <laughs> that was so good. You're good. Yeah. Where is my peanut bar? You know how many people I had to kill to get that? Six! Six! <laughs> was that actually Severo? I mean, <laughs> is TGR here right now? I am dying. <laughs> my mouth hurts. <laughs> we need a real <laughs> actress. Come on. <laughs> I just okay. feel like we should do the audiobooks, maybe. I think that TGR <laughs> would be embarrassed. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next one. This is just a classic. The classic Severo line, that kind of like the first one where this you're just really like, this really defines. Yeah. Who Severo is as right. a person. And he says, what do you think I've been doing all this time, you silky turd? Wanking off in the bushes? <laughs> silky turd. <laughs> That's another good one to just throw around. <laughs> this is, of course, at the <laughs> Institute. Uh, yeah, we do need to use silky turd more often. I feel like we talked about that back when we did this podcast the first time. I think we keep forgetting. We need to write it on our hand right. so we don't forget. And then when we're mad, we can be like... We can call someone a silky turd. Silky turd. I'm going to put it in a work email. Yep. Uh, next up, <laughs> this is a great one because we all hate Aja. <laughs> yes. This is very cathartic. Yes. He says, I'm going to kill you, Aja. I'm going to kill you in your face. <laughs> <laughs> I just love later on also, like, that he Octavia. Gets to kill her. Yeah. And then Octavia says, You shined bright, my knight. Time itself will remember you. And Severo's just like, nah, probably not. Nighty night, Grimace. And just cuts her head off. (laughs) Nighty night, Grimace. (laughs) And then Octavia like moans. (laughs) Because it's like her daughter getting beheaded. And Severo like can't even be nice. (laughs) Sorry you're dying. Time will remember you. Nah, probably not. (laughs) He's He's just so unaffected by like you said pomp and circumstance <laughs> oh yeah i've never laughed this hard during Heller pod <laughs> uh and then this last one i think this is my favorite one do you want to read this one it's my favorite yeah they're all my favorite <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert they're all my favorite this is like early victra severo flirting yes which is just fantastic this is pre-marriage. <laughs> he says, I'm go, bitch. What'd you expect? Warm milk and cookies just because I'm pocket-sized? <laughs> <laughs> just like screaming into the microphone. <laughs> I'm trying to sound like Adele. <laughs> Thank you so much for my award. <laughs> 
I'm a beautiful singer. <laughs> <laughs> I have long nails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I need to, like, mm. listen to Adele talk all the time, yeah. and then I'll be much better at this. Okay, so that was Prime 5 quotes from Severo. That was extremely fun. <laughs> have to cut out a lot of laughing <laughs> or just leave it all in and everyone can know how insane we are <laughs> by the way this episode is brought to you by Terramana tequila again which ben you need to catch up <laughs> all right let's move on to primer pixie oh i wonder what he's going to be did severo survive the hallerbod passage of in-depth scrutiny and judgment let's find out let's listen to some voicemails and emails from our howlers. Let's start with voicemails. Okay, our first voicemail here today is from Francis. Ah, Telemannis. <laughs> what? Are you just making her a Telemannis? I just th- thought she needed a, a <laughs> whole title. <laughs> Let's hear it. Hi, this is Francis. Um, first, I just want to say, you guys do such a great job in an errand, so thank you for doing this amazing podcast. Also, really enjoy Pierre Ford on this week's Victra episode. I wanted to call in to say, obviously, Severo is prime, so end of episode. But I also wanted to do some fan casting for Severo. Um, I don't know the actor's name, but he is the one who plays Ramsey Bolton or Ramsey Snow on Game of Thrones. I think I've always thought he would be the perfect Severo. Um, anyway, keep up the good work. Howler out. Oh. Thank you, Francis. What do you think about that fan cast? I think it's wonderful, but I fucking hate Ramsey Bolton. But as an actor, right. he's he he would be great. I think so too, but I'm not sure that the stigma of, you know, being fucking Ramsey Bolton. I just think that guy is stuck playing bad guys for the rest of his life. I don't know, but like look at this photo. Uh, well, he looks pretty nice. I think he is a phenomenal actor and I think he could look like Severo for sure. I think sure. he's got the look and he's got the acting chops to pull it off. I just don't know. But he likes to feed people the dogs. Right. I mean, I guess Severo probably does too. <laughs> I think that's great, Francis. And yes, thank you, Piera. I like that. I would be okay with that for sure. And thank you for the kind words on the voicemail, Francis. Let's go to our next voicemail. This one is from Michael. Hey, Ben and Aaron. My name is Michael. I'm from Mississippi. My howler name on Hickson Leonis is Torch. I'm calling in to read my favorite Severo quote and also say that Severo is prime and anybody else that says it's different can eat a bucket of roaches. It's whenever he's talking, whenever they're having the meeting about Victor and all, it's when, she's, when he says, I'm gold, bitch. What do you expect? Warm milk and cookies just because I'm pocket-sized? That's one of my favorite lines with Severo and... I hope you guys have a great day. And how long? Fuck yes, Torch. Yes, thank you, Michael. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. Michael, a.k.a. Torch, agrees with us that that's the best several quote. Obviously, you've got great taste in several quotes. Michael, we appreciate you. I love Michael. Torch. Torch. I want you on my squad. All right, we have another voicemail, and this one is from the howler named Katrina. Hello, howlers. I'm Katrina, out of Australia, coming to you from Germany, and I wanted to leave this message to talk about Severo Albaca, who I believe is the best character 
in the Red Rising universe. I got a couple reasons, but mostly it's all about his character. The way that he embodies all the good things he wants to see more of in the world and shuns the things that he hates. Which makes sense, like you would, but it's not easy to do that all of the time. I think right from the beginning we can see that Severo really hates the fickleness or the superficiality of, is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> of gold friendships and gold loyalties. So he becomes the most loyal friend that could possibly be. And he centers all of his relationships around the loyalty that he has for others and that they have for him. He hated the way colors were treated in a hierarchical way. So not only does he help to tear down that system, but he also, from the beginning, chooses to treat everyone exactly the same. Like shit and with a lot of cussing. No matter what color, high or low, no matter what planet, you will be sworn at. <laughs> um... I think Severa hated how goals were classed by the purity of their bloodlines. So he went and surrounded himself with the underdogs, the supposed bronzies, um, and uplifted them so they could harness their full potential and become absolute badasses and never have to feel inferior. And we know that Severa hated how his own father was so absent from his life because Fitchner had this mission that was his priority. And I think we can see that Severo decided that he would not do the same thing, that despite his huge responsibilities and his important role in protecting the fledgling Republic, that when it came down to it, he would choose his family and his children, even if it meant ditching Darrow and the Free Legions. I love the way that Throughout the books, throughout his life, Severo has created his own code and his own set of values and that he always stands by them, even when it's not easy. I love, love, loved Severo and Mustang um, fighting over the Duke of Hands and the way that Severo was battling with his conflicting interests and the way that Mustang kind of analysed showing us that Severo fights hard to be Ares. He, fight, he is constantly working hard to overcome his own fears and flaws and be Severo Albarca. I love the way that he has this enduring will to embody the characteristics that he values in people and how those values and this code that he's made is his guiding compass. And I really hope that that won't all be wiped away in the next book. That is my main worry. Even though Severo is a fictional character, I'm constantly worried about where he is now, how he's doing, and what Adrius is doing to him. Anyway, thanks for listening. Hickess lupus, motherfuckers. Might be a howler. Not so good at howling. <laughs> Thank you, Katrina. We are also worried about Severo constantly. Constantly. <laughs> I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about him. Also, I thought that was a great howl. I know. It was a pretty good howl.
I thought it was great. My voice cracked on the howl earlier, so we can edit our voices. <laughs> and the first time you howl, you know, you might be a little insecure. Just start howling outside <laughs> of your house at night, and <laughs> you'll get used to it. And your neighbors will get used to it. Totally. All right, let's move on to our howler emails. This first email is from Simon. Chris. Simon says he'll make it short and sweet like a piece of meat caught between the teeth. Ah, grizzle. Nice. All right. He says, number one, fave moment. When Severo and Ragnar banter in the hallway while wheeling Darrow along, the whole thing cracks me up every time I read it. I'm a terrorist warlord. Stop throwing me. You made me drop my candy. Classic. Classic. All right. Number two, prediction time. Let's, let's, let's see what Simon's got here. He says, I think the first act of the next book will be about Mustang, Victra, and the gang getting Severo back, and they will succeed. Sounds like your prediction, Aaron. Nice. And they will kill the Abominadrius in the process, and we all fist pump in the air for getting one of a hundred villains down. However, when we get to the end of the book, it is revealed that the Jackal clone has put his mind into Severo's body. What? <laughs> and has been playing Severo the whole time. Wow, that's diabolical, Simon. Whoa, Simon. Maybe keeping the original Severo trapped in his own head, or maybe he's erased completely. <gasps> However, this way he gets the friendship with the legendary Darrow, a sisterly bond with his sister, and then, and then the fucked up jazz that he wants. This way, the real Severo live fucking prime, but due to the jack-off that inhabits his body, he ultimately dies a pixie. No way. That's that's more evil than I feel like Pierce could come up with. (laughs) Guys, we got to stop throwing these ideas out there. (laughs) All right. He has one more point here. He has a fan cast. He says, controversial time alert. I think Jack Gleason, who played Joffrey in Game of Thrones, would be awesome. He is a smallish. He is smallish, has some pretty uh, face features, but they are just kind of off. No body shaming, but he is the <laughs> right kind of ugly slash pretty that I think fits the goblin. And he can play really crazy well. You know, I hate Joffrey even more than Ramsey Bolton. So it's also hard for me to like <laughs> yeah. picture this. The dude's a really good actor, though. Yeah, he does have a hatchet face. Yeah, I like that choice, too. This is a great email, Simon. I do not want your plan to come true, because that would make me cry. But I like where your head's at. Thanks, that guy, Freeze from Denmark. (laughs) Next up, we have Maddie uh, at What Are You So Scared Of on Instagram. Maddie says... Uh, that we know, we all know Severo is prime and has so many amazing moments. I thought I'd point out one of my favorite parallels between he and Darrow's conversations in Red Rising and Golden Sun. In Red Rising, Chapter 16, The Institute, the very first thing Darrow ever says to Severo is, are we bothering you? To which Severo responds, does two dogs humping bother me? Likely yes, if they are noisy. Later, (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) Later in the conversation regarding the passage, Darrow asks, then how do you know about it? Severo says, inside track, and I don't know about it. I know of it, you giant pisshead. <laughs> Darrow's narration after their conversation 
he says, his name is Severo, and I like his angle. I like his angle. Yeah, <laughs> me too. In Golden Sun, chapter 23, when it is revealed that Darrow is a red for the first time, he asks, it doesn't bother you what I am? Severo tells him, bother, that's a tiny-ass word for a gory big thing. A crotch rash bothers me. Entitled dickweeds bother me. This, piss on it. You like my angle more than any other piss head in the world. Oh my gosh. And then Maddie says, everyone take a drink because of Pierce's great writing. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, Maddie. Again, uh, Maddie's Instagram is what are you so scared of? Our next email is from our old friend, Nick Brindlow from across the pond. He is our voice of Cassius. If he ever calls in again, <laughs> we'll get it. Nick, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna send him some lines for the Cassius episode. He said he's gonna read them for Fuck us. Fuck yes! Yeah. You didn't tell me that. I didn't tell you. So that? excited! Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna listen to him over and over again, not in a creepy way. <laughs> I love you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he says in Britain we have the stereotype of the grafter. This is an individual who, while not blessed with exceptional gifts manages to succeed through sheer force of will. Put simply, they're stubborn little bastards who refuse to give up. Sounds like somebody we know. It does. The Red Rising series is peopled by paragons. Even before his carving, Darrow is shown as being tough, smart, and cunning. Cassius is one of the greatest blades in the system. Even Orion, a blue dock worker, is eventually seen as one of the greatest astral commanders in the Republic fleet. Against all this peerless ability, pun intended, where does this leave Severo? He's from a poor house. He's pretty much left to a lonely and friendless childhood. He's physically smaller than other golds. We're told that he scored poorly on his institute entrance exams and that he was only allowed in to be Priam's victim in the passage. Said against all this, he should be an epitaph, but instead he rises. Rise! <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that we both did that organically, <laughs> looking directly <laughs> at each other. <laughs> so <laughs> so <excited>. <laughs> Rise! <laughs> did rise. not know that word was coming. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> hey, Howlers, just throw in the word rise <laughs> periodically, please. Set against all this, he should be an epitaph, but instead he rises. He kills Priam. He survives outside the comforts of Castle Mars. He helps form the Howlers. Ares, Imperator, Husband, Father. The list goes on. I think that Severo's character has real value in the story. His sneakiness and agility remind us that we must be flexible. His willingness to sacrifice himself for those he loves reminds us of the need for courage. His wounds, especially the repeated replacement of his eyes, symbolize the need to see things from other viewpoints. But simply... This scrappy little terrier of a man reminds us that we can overcome our limitations. Now, all we have to do is hope that he isn't permanently brain diddled. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, Nick. And he says one other thing. P.S. It's just occurred to me that Pax and Severo are, as far as we know, the only two red gold hybrids in the system. I wonder if that will come into play in some way. I'm sure there's more. Mickey probably knows them all. You think there's more? Fuck yeah. I love don't know. is love. Love ben. is love. All right. I support love. Good. <laughs> or get out of my house. Next up, we have an email from Brian Erickson. He says, Low Howler Pod. I'll start with a fan casting for Severo. 
Jacob Bertrand, he's Hawk from Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah. He looks nice, and he could be sneaky. He almost looks too nice. Ooh, oh, there's, yeah. a, there's a sneaky photo. You got to find his older photos. No, I can see that for sure. And he's young, so that would work. You know, he yeah, was a especially child. Especially age-wise, yeah, 20 yeah. years old. He was a child actor, but yeah, in Cobra Kai, he uh, definitely could be several. Good call. Good call, Brian. Okay, Brian goes on to say, let's dive into the conspiracy corner. Woo! When we see Severo next, it's likely he will either be getting his mind diddled. Ben, I'm so mad that you like, <laughs> it's your fault that everyone's saying diddled now. And I hate that word. Makes me real happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, when we see Severo next, it's likely he will either. What be else would you call it? Honestly. Mine melted. Melted? It's a diddle. Changed? It's a diddle. It's a diddle. <laughs> so he'll either be getting his mind diddled or have already had his mind diddled when he's rescued if Abominadrius finds a way to permanently delete Severo's memories and reprogram him as one of his soldiers. How do the Howlers get him back? If Mustang can't recover his memories instead of him being put down, does Mustang use the mind spike to rediddle his brain? That's what I said. <laughs> Uh, Brian says, this could be done in a powerful way by using the most powerful memories that Daryl, Victor, Mustang, and Electra have of them with Severo. Mm. And don't forget Severo's other two daughters. I said that. <laughs> and who, who? what's the middle child's name? We don't really know. Celine slash Diana. <laughs> it could be either <laughs> one. Depending on the book. <laughs> These memories would show Severo how much he cared for them through their eyes. He would be able to see how much he meant to them and how... He would have done anything for them. If they're able to rediddle his brain, will it be before he kills someone? Mm. Who is he going to kill? Brian says... Uh, Another howler, maybe? Hopefully not, like, Victra. Not Victra. Victra would like be like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to let you kill I'm me. thinking like a, a screw face or a... That'd be so fucked up. That would be pretty fucked up. Or a clown and pebble type situation. Maybe he'll cook him again. I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't like that either. Let's rediddle him before. Yeah, he let's rediddle him. Stat. <laughs> we don't even know if he's diddled yet. I like rediddle a lot too. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Thanks for a new word, Brian. <laughs> Brian says second several theory is that he turns abominadrius. Mm. This one is far less likely, but Aaron likes it more. <laughs> However, the little time we had with Abominadrius has shown that he doesn't believe everything Lilith has been telling him and that he respects Mustang's intellect and wants to understand his sister. Severo could undermine Lilith and get Abominadrius to kill her faster than he originally planned. Bringing Abominadrius to the side of the Rising would give them an ally that would be needed to take on the Rim and the Society. And... I see this as unlikely because when we were introduced to the Abominadrius, my immediate thought was that he was brought into the series to be a villain for Pax and Electra to face since he is around their age, took somebody they love, and they are the next generation of the Rising. Omnisphere Lupus, Brian. Well said, Brian. I like all those theories. I don't like all those theories. I like the last one because it's happy. <laughs> well, I just like how I like how thoughtful Brian is, and I like the idea of Abominadrius being a villain specifically brought in for Pax for and Electra. Kids. Yeah, I could see, even though I agree with Brian that it's unlikely, I could see Abominadrius swinging because before Mustang threw the 
flower at him, he you could see that need of acceptance in him that the original Jackal didn't have. Yeah, I definitely think that that's in play. I would agree with you. Like, right. That could be a huge part of the war that's going to probably take place on Luna at some point. And I, I should say the the need of acceptance from Mustang. Obviously, he needed the original Jackal needed the acceptance from his dad. Right. So this this Abominadrius, if he's not mad at Virginia for spiking him with the flower spike, then maybe he still wants her to love him, and he'll he'll be sw- swung. Maybe he'll be brain diddled. Ooh. Let's diddle everyone. Yeah, let's diddle a ten year old. Okay. <laughs> 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 Only in the Severo episode. <laughs> that was a joke. All right. Our next email is from Jenna. She wrote in to write an email in support of Severo being prime. She says, I don't have many fancy arguments, but the few I have, I think we can all agree on. One, he had the best bloody damn one-liners. I can agree with that. Agree. Two, he's loyal as hell, and his Darrow's ride or die, even when they are fighting. Agreed. Agreed. Number three, he accepted Darrow. No questions asked when he found out he was a carved red. Ding. Four, him and Ragnar's relationship. Ding. Ding. (laughs) Are you doing the wrestling, (laughs) though? Five, he manages to marry one of the two baddest bitches in the universe. That's a big ding. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is (laughs) six i genuinely don't think daryl would be as successful as he is without severo and the howlers as backup like they always turn the tide with how amazing they are yes true and then she has the terrorist warlord quote about the candy bar that's number seven that's number seven so ding number eight he booby trapped his booby trapped room gives me life oh yes that's pretty fantastic when he calls Darrow an apex asshole. That's which also is, pretty cool. Which is true. Ding. No, <laughs> <laughs> number nine, she says, he is one of the most consistent bright spots in this whole dark series. Hopefully he stays one. <laughs> yeah, that's a, maybe not in book six. <laughs> number 10, he was literally the founder of the Howlers. How can he not be prime? Truth. True. And then she goes on to say, I'm sure there were more elegant ways to phrase all of that. But Severo has been and will likely always be my favorite character in this series. And without him, the series would have a totally different feel. For all those reasons, I dub him Prime. Prime? (laughs) I would agree. Like, that is a really good point. I think he is one of the characters that really kind of makes this series and is um, so illustrative of the whole red rising vibe you know i think also it's why we are all crazy (laughs) we're all just little several worshipers that's true thank you jenna great email next up we've got wolf 101 wolfmaster 9 million at gmail and there is a wolf profile photo so this i think is actually a wolf wow it's our first email from an animal. Yeah. Well, I almost said Volsung Fa is an animal, and we had a That's true. Voice a voicemail. I'm a little worried about the guy from the Facebook group. Now he's going to be pissed that we're receiving emails from... From a actual wolves. From actual wolves. Yeah. He might want to not listen. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because we howl all the time. <laughs> okay. Wolf101 says, never done one of these, but I'm really helpful. I'm Connor. Uh, hey, Connor. 
It's not a wolf. It's Connor. It's actually not a wolf. Maybe it's a wolf named Connor, okay? Okay. I'm going to think that because I was really excited <laughs> it was a wolf. Hey, Connor. Connor says, I love Severo purely because of how flawed he is in a world where people are meant to be perfect. He's willing to admit he struggles in a world that would have him hide it. He in so many ways reminds me of myself and a ton of other people in today's world where showing emotion isn't considered to be cool or appropriate. Severo walks around knowing he's not perfect and being better for it. He's not a god of war like Darrow or a complete always alpha like Victra. He's not big like Pax or Ragnar or smart like Mustang. He's small, mean, and ugly in a world that would throw him away for trying to be more than a pixie. And he doesn't lose himself in that world. He doesn't become a monster. At the end of the day, he's a broken boy that wants to be fixed by those around him. And even though he's afraid of being rejected, he still finds the courage to make himself vulnerable to his friends so that he can become better. He's honest in a way no one else in the book is. Thank you. And if this makes it into the episode, I'm going to have a fucking conniption. Conniption away, Connor. Um, Connor also says, Heather, if you're listening, you're a fucking G. Uh, you make the show way more interesting with your facts. So seriously, it does not go unnoticed. Even if it doesn't make it to any of the three of you, I will be happy. Connor, we're all listening. <laughs> Thank you, Connor the Wolf. Yes, Connor, that was great. And that's kind of what we were talking about earlier. Wait, I think Connor's like the coolest wolf I've ever met. I know he can type like really well. Even with his little paws. Well, I know. It's got to be difficult. Thanks, Connor the Wolf. So, yeah, I think Connor was getting at uh, some of the stuff we were talking about earlier with Severo's legacy. And just, like, I think that is one of the things that makes him so great. He's, like, this really relatable character um, and one that you can really em empathize with as a, a reader. And that's what makes you want to attach to him so much. And you're right. Heather is a fucking G. Yes. Our next email is from Manny. <laughs> Manny says there I fucking emailed you in all caps It's <laughs> <laughs> probably responding to our, our Instagram where we got a little aggressive we're like it's fucking several <laughs> if you haven't so. emailed you have to and by the way way to come out this week we love hearing from you and I hope that you guys also love hearing from each other yeah obviously you do because you know we're all on the boards well, that's what this podcast is about. You know, it's about building. It's about sharing. Community. And caring. Um, Manny. All right. We appreciate your fucking email, Manny. <laughs> <laughs> he says, Severo, my beautiful goblin. I'm sad about his non-existent brain fuck that will most likely happen, but I know that Daryl slash Cassius will come to his rescue. Manny's on my team. He's on Ocean's team Eleven. <laughs> team Ben. <laughs> Manny says, he's a prime son of a bitch who has a heart of gold, pun intended, under a mask of vomit and horse manure. <laughs> <laughs> I like him because of that. Hard exterior with uh, a gushy interior. He's got a hard exterior with a gushy interior. Daryl will sacrifice him to self to save Severo at the end. Book will end with Severo alive and Daryl dead. I could see that. I'd love to see Daryl. Uh, I'd love to see Daniel Radcliffe play him with some badass, ugly makeup. He's got the short size and the killer acting. Imagine him with a mohawk. Have you guys read the comics about Ares? A must for Severo's history. Yes, uh, I would. I would go with Daniel Radcliffe. Um, I like that. I, I think he could pull that off, especially like Swiss Army Man Daniel Radcliffe. Right. 
That was a fucking weird movie. <laughs> and a fantastic movie. <laughs> the farting. <laughs> That's we should recommend that. Oh yeah. We recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Netflix if you haven't seen it. It's got a great soundtrack it's too. It's fucking weird, man. And yep. that would definitely be several <laughs> farting around. Yeah. That's a good call. Um and yes, I have read those comics. We'll probably do an episode on them at some point. Yeah, I mean, we're still waiting for book six. <laughs> <laughs> But they are good. The, you do have to, uh, they do give you a lot of insight into Fitchner and Severo's very early life. And beautiful graphics. Okay, next up, we have an email from Daniel. He says, anyone that says Severo is a pixie is a dumb twat. <laughs> Just starting off hot, Daniel. <laughs> I like it. Uh, by the way, we have adult content <laughs> on this episode. <laughs> Uh, he says the dude is definitely prime I don't think anyone can argue with that but I want to throw a theory out there about him that I really hope I'm wrong about Mm. so Osgard has a prophecy that he tells Ephraim guys my heart still breaks for him I can't wait till my girl Volga fucks Fa down (laughs) (laughs) I like Daniel (laughs) (laughs) so Osgard and Ephraim they're having heart to heart and he says a lot including Father killing daughter, son killing father. I think Severo is going to be brainwashed and will be sent to hunt Mustang. The society won't know where Darrow and the remaining howlers are because of Cassius, that sexy beast. (laughs) 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 So the abomination will send Severo to Mars out of anger for being tricked by Mustang. Victor is going to have Mustang's back, even though it's going to kill her to do so. Daniel, (laughs) how dare you? So instead of outright killing him, she's going to try to subdue him because obviously of the love that she has for him. But this is the Goblin of Mars. This fucker puts the fear of Jove in most and arguably has the respect from all of his enemies, even though he doesn't have the Willow's way. I think that Victor is going to try to subdue Severo and it's not going to work. With his brain being diddled, Severo is going to go for the kill. And I think that's when Electra is going to step in and try to help out and her own father is going to cut her down daniel damn daniel (laughs) 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 throughout iron gold and dark age electra is described as hungry for war much like seraphina ara was i think electra is going to be a dumb fucking kid and try to help out her mother and and her utter lack of experience will be her downfall as far as Severo making it i don't know I'm almost dead set that he's going to kill Electra. Jeez. Mm. Uh, and with his son being killed, I don't know if Severo could go on, even if, Mu- if Mustang could figure out how to undiddle his brain, which I don't know she on- if she can do that. Like, maybe once the brain has been fucked, it's over. And then Daniel goes on to say, um, check the Red Rising subreddit for Osgard's prophecy. Daniel has a subreddit going on there. Oh, nice. Um... And yeah, thank you, Hill Reaper, Daniel. Great email, Daniel. I don't but like Jeez. I think that's a really like smart idea that will probably happen, and I'm I'm not very happy about it. Oof. Golly. That's if you're right, Daniel, I'm gonna be really mad at you. That's tough. All right, let's go on to our last email. This one's from Lenny Anderson. Um, she's a Danish female howler she says being from a former viking country it's kind of amusing to read about the obsidian's traditions though i don't remember having 
having heard of Vikings eating the hearts of their enemies. But who knows? <laughs> poor Ephraim. Hey, I, if Heather says it, then it's true. <laughs> yeah. She goes, poor Ephraim. I just got to like him. Worthy. 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 As for Severo, I'm sure I do not have to say that he is prime. Of course. Here are my reasons. He is the most loyal, faithful, and consistent friend one could ever have. Severo shows this many times through the series. Some examples. He saves Darrow and Cassius in Red Rising when they are in the pond, even though Darrow seems more interested in Cassius and Roke than in Severo. He brings Ares' message back to Darrow and joins him, even though Darrow is a red. When Darrow rushes to the star star shell to be shot towards the vanguard, Severo doesn't even ask whether it's a good idea. He just follows Darrow and trusts in him. Severo also keeps up hope of Daryl being alive when everyone else believes that he was killed by the jackal by the end of Golden Sun. If Severo had not kept trying to free him, Daryl wouldn't have survived. That's a great mm. point. Yeah. And yes, I know Severo grows and tries to persuade Daryl not to do some of the things he does in Iron Gold and leaves Daryl for his family when the children are kidnapped. But even Daryl comes to understand him when he sees his uh, stateroom and wishes he could have been like Severo. And even though Severo goes back to Luna, he still tries to help Mustang get her way with the Senate so they can help those on Mercury. The second reason uh, Severo's prime is his humor. I love it. A wonderful illustration of that humor is the chapter Severo's Palace in Dark Age. Just a pity that se- that the Severo is not there to see Daryl get caught in his trap himself. That is a pretty great moment. And we can always count on Severo for a hilarious mark, um, such as the Latin Cacatni, Ursus, and Silvus. Does a bear shit in the woods? Does it? I think it does. Mm. And then he also says, shit escalates and many, many others. There are lots of other good things to say about Severo, and I really hope someone saves him and Pebble and Clown before they are permanently and incurably hurt. Lots of emojis, lots of sad face emojis. Uh, She says, Skull, cheers to your next tequila and take care. I wish you good health in these bloody damn COVID-19 times. Same to you. Thank Thank you. you. And she says she's... It's her and her guide dog, Ronya. Ronya? Ronya? Ronya. I'm trying to figure out how to teach Ronya how to howl when I ask her to do it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> if you ever get a video of that, tag us on Instagram. We would love to <laughs> repost that. Make sure you do it when a bunch of people are around and scare the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was all of the Howler emails and Howler's Howler voicemails. coming out today. You guys killed it this week. You that guys all get gold stars. Incredible. Yeah, we get, we're handing out some wolf pelts. Are we? Yeah. Who's paying for those, Ben? We're just going to mail them out. Yeah, you'll you'll get them. Yeah, you, they're, they're in the mail. First, I have to go kill a wolf, <laughs> which I could probably get in trouble for. We're having a little bit of a problem with the you know United States Postal Service here, so they might be a little <laughs> slow. <laughs> You know, on the TV show alone, mm-hmm. they're not allowed to kill the wolves. I didn't know that. Even Probably because the they're endangered. The wolves are like eating their, their snares yeah. and stuff. All right. So let's decide once and for all. Aaron, is Sever Prime or Pixie? Prime. I'm also going to say Prime. Good job. Shocker. Good job. You're not a silky turd. <laughs> I don't want to be a silky turd this week. All right. You know what it's time for? What are we into this week? Aaron, what are you into? I'm into Beyonce's new visual album titled Black is King. It's on Disney+. Plus. Thanks, Ben, for the password. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't let Disney know. 
Um, I watched it like late at night by myself. It was fucking amazing. Um, if you've seen Lemonade, it's a lot like that. Um, it's kind of like psychedelic at times, and then at other times it's super emotional. I was like bawling my eyes out, and then I was like confused because it got real like it almost got horror film esque. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's it's just it's all great. I'm not gonna ruin it, but I've been listening to the album now ever since. Um, and she brings in other artists and the, the whole visual album is, is tied to the story of the Lion King. So she does that very artfully. It's not like cheesy or anything. Mm-hmm. Cause at first I was like the Lion King. Right. Cause obviously she's Nala. Um, but it's beautiful. It's all great. I love Beyonce. Uh, black is King. Ben, what are you into? Nice. It sounds like a, like a real work of art. It is, uh, Beyonce is a work of art. I don't know if you've seen her. (laughs) (laughs) She's basically a goddess. I'm into a book called Recursion. It's uh, by Blake Crouch. I had previously recommended one of his books. It was called Dark Matter earlier this year. And so this is uh, another one of his books. And it's kind of like a techno sci-fi fantasy book. And the premise is that... Man has created a chair that can... A pandemonium chair? (laughs) No. uh, That can... It kind of, like, it diddles your memories. Oh, my God. Well, what it does is it can send your consciousness back to your previous self. So, like, it can send your 45-year-old consciousness back to, like, your 20-year-old body. I've seen this book cover. Um live your life differently or whatever. I won't say anything more than that because there's just a lot of twists and turns. I don't want to give away the plot at all, but that's just kind of the premise. It's a really cool book. Um, quick read, and uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Some some weird time-shifting stuff going on. So in this book, is brain diddling a good thing? No, it's bad. Oh, it's still bad. <laughs> yeah, it's still bad. <laughs> brain diddling, zero points. Um, okay, I'm actually going to read that because I just finished Speaker for the Dead, which was great. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. All right, what's coming up next week on Howler Pod? All right, guys. So, because we love Moonlight. Moonlight. Uh, we're going to do two part Moonies. Two part so Moonies. So, next week is The Raw Family Part One, and we're doing Romulus, Dido, and Serafina. Yes. And then I think you guys know who's probably coming for part two. Who is who is it? Atlas and Diomedes. Pulls up butts? Pulls up butts, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is a horrible thing that I should not joke about. I just love it when I see it like out in the wild. Like every once in a while. You I'll see s- people on stakes? No, no, no. I, one, every once in a while, I'll see somebody like on a Facebook post, right? Pulls up butts and uh-huh. just like it makes me smile. <laughs> we, this is why Severo is our mascot because we're all little goblins. It's true. All right, Howlers. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy at HowlerPod. H O W L O R P O D. Check out the Etsy store coming back very soon with new stuff. Wow. Email us at howlerpod at gmail.com. 
tell us about the moon lords. Yo, moonies. <laughs> it, I feel like I would be a moony. I'm going to get deep on Romulus next week. I, <laughs> lo- I love that dude. He's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, leave a voicemail. 1-800-516-1540. Again, tell us about the moonies. Find links to all of this and more at howlerpod.com. Tell a friend about the podcast. Spread the word about the books. Reach out. Touch someone's hand, but don't because of COVID. So just <laughs> hand him a book <laughs> with your mask on. Rate and review us. Five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, we'll steal your motherfucking candy. Oh, yeah. You'll never eat candy again. You'll never get that candy back. <laughs> I'll eat your nugget. <laughs> And thank you to Heather, our wise and wonderful researcher, for all her hard work researching the characters and their historical connections. Heather is a G. Heather is a motherfucking G. And thank you to Miles Bensky, our amazing artist who's been making um, episode art for us each week. If you guys have not seen Miles' work, go check it out. He is incredible. What I love most about Miles' artwork isn't how amazing it is. And how, like, timely he <laughs> sends it to us. <laughs> what I love most about it is we're getting um, more artwork of some characters that aren't as representative yeah. in the Howler art world. Yeah. So I'm super excited about this Moon Lord week. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, do- he's out there doing God's work. He's a good guy. God's plan. All right. And thank you to the Howlers. Omnisphere Lupus. Oh. oh.